Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello, and welcome to another episode of This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and I have a special guest with me, Mr. Hal Long. Pleasure to be here, Art. Welcome to This Week in Production. We, uh, we happen to be working together this week on a corporate uh, golf event that I do so many of. We're, uh, we're in Atlanta, Georgia, or nearby Atlanta, Georgia somewhere. But we know each other from a while back. Yeah, way back. Many, many cities. We met at, at NAB. I don't remember the year exactly. Uh, I think it was like 2007, maybe? Seven, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yes. At NAB, we were both uh, consulting with Panasonic in the uh, the P2 launch years. Right. Losing our voices, trying to convince people that solid state was the way to go. Yes. Yes. Well, that was a good time, and uh, it was a good product, and I'm still using P2 today. I know. I saw those cards out there today. You were based in LA, though I, I know you weren't born in LA. You were born on the East Coast. Yeah, that's right. I grew up in Virginia, right outside DC. At what point did you did you start making your life in uh, California? Uh, I finished up college and um, kind of caught the film bug. And um, I'd gone out to USC and done a summer workshop out there right after graduation. And I uh, just absolutely loved it. I remember being up at like 2am um, with little strips of super eight film, you know, holding them up to the light and then finishing my edit. And then I'd go and I'd, I'd bring out my four track recorder that I'd had, uh, for, for music and, record, uh, yeah, exactly. Tascam four, two, four or something <laughs> like that. And then, <laughs> um, and, and recording a soundtrack, you know, and I'd, I'd lay in the effects and then I, then I bust out my guitar and like whatever, just to spice it up. And, you know, so I was like, this is, this is everything I want to do. This is amazing. So you settle in California, you start working. I mean, you know, when I met you, you were shooting, you were doing, I mean, you know, we're in production, but I mean, you were primarily a DP camera op. Yeah. I mean, most of my work is, has been, uh, you know, for the last 20 years has been DP, uh, director and, uh, camera operator. That's right. right. You, I mean, obviously you were young when you were in California and getting started in the business professionally. Coming out of USC, everybody thinks you come out of USC and and there's your ticket, you know, just take it to the take it to the take gate to the bank, and, yeah. and they punch it and and you're directing a Spielberg movie or something like that. And um, I think a lot of people that I started film school with had that in mind. Um, I was fortunate in that I did a lot of shooting when I was in school. Um, so when I graduated, I kind I didn't I knew that I wanted to be in the filmmaking process and I wanted to direct. Um, but no one was handing me projects to direct. I'd had a couple of scripts that I'd written that had attention, but you know, they were, they were, they were moving, but at a glacial pace. And so, uh, I started shooting and, you know, before I knew it, I was shooting commercials and shooting reality and, um, just a whole range of different things all the way up to, you know, within three or four years was doing some car work and, um, with some really fun toys. The, the California market, as you, you know, progress through your career? I mean, how did you find that? A very competitive market, cutthroat? I've heard stories from various people, you know, categorizing it differently. Yeah, you know, um, 
I've done a lot of commercial work. I've done uh, TV work. I've done film work. Um, I, I've always resisted uh, being pigeonholed, which is kind of what everybody wants to do in LA. And I, I think in a lot of other markets too, they want to say, Oh, you're this guy, you do car work, you do, uh, or you do TV work, or you just do dark thrillers, that kind of thing. Um, and you know, I, I have a lot of different interests. I love, you know, I love doing the commercials. I love, uh, being able to bring a lot of different lighting styles and camera movement and really dive into these short projects and then move on to another one, uh, and, and do more experimentation. Um, but at the same time, I like narrative work. Um, and so, uh, I found that, uh, once I started shooting a lot of commercials, I, I was shooting less reality, um, that then suddenly it became a little harder to get some of the narrative work a little bit harder to get some of those other jobs for sure. So you were getting a little pigeonholed in the commercial world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it, it's not a bad place to be. I mean, these are, these are good problems to have sure. when you have work that, that sure. you're, you're doing and people sure. know you for. How long did you live in California in total? Uh, I was there for 23 years, 23 years. Right. So now you're considering a move across the country back to the East coast what from a from a business working uh, perspective like what decision making what conversation because your wife works as well that's right and she's an actress that's correct so you know what does what conversations what are the conversations sound like as far as work goes are you concerned do you have to take a trip east and like sort of survey the the, the landscape yeah, absolutely. We'd, we'd been in LA for a long time. Um, we have a young boy who uh, had just finished elementary school and we were looking to move across town in LA. And it just dawned on me as we were getting our house ready to move that, you know, if we're moving across town, we can move anywhere. Um, and I, so I just, as I was leaving town to go shoot a TV show for a month, I, I just said to my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, we're moving. What about moving to another town? Um, you know, Atlanta's really cool. There's a lot of stuff going on there. And, um, it, it, it caught her by surprise. And, um, I'm not sure that was a good thing at the time. <laughs> uh, it's never a good <laughs> time when you catch your wife by surprise. Right. And so I got an earful, uh, earful from her that day. Um, but then the next day she called me, uh, you know, while I'm just getting off set and just exhausted and she says, okay, that's it. We're moving to Atlanta. I've been looking at, at neighborhoods. I've been looking at, at, at all the rest of it. And I, I was like, wait, now, now let's pump the brakes and let's, let's talk about this for real. If, if this is something you really want to do. Um, it, it's very close to our families, which is something we wanted to, uh, we were interested in, but also um, we'd been in LA for a long time and um, I had developed a number of clients. I had a TV show that I've, I've been shooting for a while. And so I've, I felt a little buoyed by that, that it would give me a little bit of, um, security, freedom, um, freedom. Um, it doesn't mean that I can go live anywhere in, in, in the world and do what I want to do, but it, but I felt like that gave me a little bit of freedom to know that if we come back here and, um, you know, and it doesn't work in, in a couple of years, um, I'll still have these clients that I can do work for and that we'll be able to get by on that. You know, I, moved to Atlanta in mid-July, uh, late July. And honestly, it's been really busy since I got here, um, mostly with clients that I had uh, 
before that, but I also did pick up uh, another client here on the East Coast, not in Atlanta, that's had me very tied up for the last month and a half. So honestly, I'm just now getting to the point that I, I'm I'm following up with the network that I'd started to develop as soon as we landed here. What are some of those things that you do to develop a network in a new city? I, I want to get out there and meet people. I want, I want to get, uh, I've been going to events here in Atlanta with the film, you know, at, at the camera houses. Um, I've been reaching out through my network for introductions to people that my network um, knows in the area. And, and so I've been getting referrals that way. And so um, you know, it's just taking meetings, taking, going out to lunch with people, just grabbing a coffee and saying, Hey, uh, I'm here. Um, really nice to meet you. Um, I think the biggest thing you can do as far as building your network is make a real human connection with people. Cause you know, those are the people that I want to hire, the people that I know I like to be around. And then also, um, you know, as you get to know people, you get to know their character. You know, it's like when you go into into to film or do a commercial or go on location, it's like you're going into to war. Uh, it's like you're going into a battle of some sort. And, you know, who do you want in that foxhole with you? And and you're never going to find that out through an email. So you're just trying to get yourself out there, mingle with the people who are in the business and hopefully, you know, make a, a connection that will lead to a job. Yeah, exactly. But you know, they're also, if, if you have a connection to, uh, to post houses or to camera houses, like I, I know a lot of people in LA at different camera houses and those people in LA provided me a lot of introductions to, uh, people in the industry here right. from, from camera houses, uh, to the lighting houses, to people who are working and shooting here. And those have been, uh, very instrumental and, and probably have created the lion's share of my, my, my meetings here since I got to Atlanta, um, are the people that, you know, my network in LA referred me to. Now, when you're having these conversations with your wife about, you know, the move, like, do you plan for the doomsday scenario? Do you say, okay, here's plan a, like, we're going to go there. It's all going to be great. We're going to have, you know, this great life. And but like, do you, make a plan B like, okay, it doesn't work out. Here's our plan. We're going to give it X amount of months. We're going to then do this. Or do you not even consider well, that? When we discussed this, we were in a, a fortunate position to leave LA. Uh, we'd been in our house for about 15 years. And so uh, we were able to walk away from that house with a little bit of, of money, which, in, in the worst case scenario, that's a cushion to get by. Absolutely. Um, I've been extremely fortunate since we landed to work and, and, and have a lot of work here. Um, and so that, that gives us even more security. If the, you know, if, if all of this doesn't pan out as far as meeting people and, and developing a network and working here in Atlanta, um, you know, we, we had discussed that at some point, if it doesn't work, uh, we'll, we'll look at, at, at where we go next, if it's back to LA or somewhere else, but we both were comfortable coming here and sinking, you know, some of our savings right. in, into this process because we wanted a better, um, quality of life for our son, for our family. And we also, um, you know, I, I'm excited about meeting people and, and, and working with new people. Um, you know, I've got a lot of, clients that I've been with for a long time and I've already been back out in LA to shoot, uh, several things since we got here. 
Um, and I'm excited about meeting new people here in Atlanta and, and working with those clients. Right. Anytime you can set yourself up with some security, like, okay, I don't need to have income for three months, six months, a year, as much as you can give yourself a comfort zone, it will help you to make that transition. Right. And that, and that, that's what it is. I mean, I, I've talked about these kinds of things with my dad a, a lot over my life, um, my lifetime. It's like, what is the, what is your window? You know, what is your comfort level? And so for me, it's like, okay, if I do this, this job, I've got a window of X many months, um, that we can get by. I mean, I, obviously you, you, you know, we're being very careful with how we spend and, and what we do. Um, and, and that gives us freedom to take this time and to, uh, and, and to make this work. Now, did you actually pack up a moving truck and drive with all your stuff or how did you actually do the transition? Uh, we, well, it's fun. We, we had movers come, okay. um, just because, um, as a camera guy, um, I've collected a lot of things and I also do a, a number of different sports. So yes, I cleaned out my garage and got rid of a lot of my favorite things, but, uh, it was more than we would, we could drive back ourselves. So okay. we, we got the movers to come, we packed them off. Uh, and then, um, it was summertime so we couldn't fly with our dog because the dog would have to go down below. Right. So we put the whole family in my truck and we drove across country with a dog sitting up in the back. And, uh, it was awesome. We hit all the good spots. We hit, uh, the grand Canyon. We hit, um, Graceland. We did uh, meteor crater in Arizona and, uh, a number of really, really cool stops along the way. So was there any point in that, you know, the last couple of days packing up your house before you like hitting the road, like, was there any goodness? Are we making the right decision or was it like, Hey, we're comfortable with this and we're happy and we're doing it. Yeah, man. I mean, every, every day I, uh, I asked myself, wait, what, wait, I've been in LA 23 years. I'm leaving. I, Cause I saw you, we were doing a job earlier in the year and you said, I'm thinking about it. Which meant like usually when people say I'm thinking about it, it's a long term like decision. Like people don't usually rush into these things. And then the next thing I know, like, hey, I'm I'm in Atlanta. Like, what? Yeah, I think wow. I said I think quickly, right? That was that was a quick transition. So it's one of those things. I, I think there are a lot of milestones in your life where you just have to say, Is this something I want to try? And I, I or is this something I believe I can do? And in a lot of ways, it's a leap of faith, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, sleepless nights, questioning whether or not I was doing the right thing uh, for myself, but also more importantly, for my family. Is this, is this the place where I can go and, and make a, a good living to provide for my family? My wife was, was gung-ho. My son really, he, he loved the idea. And uh, once I did the numbers and I, I felt like we, we could afford to experiment a little bit. And, and so that gave me security. Um, and it's not to say that it was easy, but just knowing that, um, it may cost us, but it, it could be reversed to a degree, uh, certainly gave me the comfort to say, okay, let's go, let's go make this happen. I know people who are fearful of making change and they will actually, you know, not make a change cause they're afraid of what happens if it doesn't work. And then maybe they stay in a scenario that's not really working out for them because they don't want to make that change. You know, you were willing to 
take on that that uh, challenge, take the risk. You know, you did some obviously some planning and some calculations, and it was somewhat educated risk, but you still did it. You still jumped off the diving board. And a lot of people won't do that. So, yeah, you know, uh, that's that that's really it, I guess. Um, you know, I, I'm I, everybody likes to be comfortable, but sometimes I I, I want to be a little uncomfortable with what I'm doing when I'm working. I'm, I like to try new things. I like to be uh, experimenting. Um, and this definitely scared me uh, a lot. I, I think it, it scared my wife as well. But the prospect of, of the changes that it might bring also uh, it made, made it seem worthwhile. You've not been here a tremendous amount of time and you said you have been working a lot, but have you had a sense of comparison yet? Like, have you seen differences between the LA market and the Atlanta market in terms of either work or people? Like, can you... I think it's a little early for me to make any uh, pronunciations on that. Uh, I, I think that uh, the one thing I will say is the people in Atlanta are really nice, and I like that. Um, you know, it's like I walk down the street or, or or go to the gym, and and I've met so many people. Whereas in LA, I belonged to the same gym for 15 years, and I think I knew like four people. <laughs> right, not by choice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's just it, people you 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 go to school and people talk to you. You go to a coffee shop and somebody engages you in a conversation. And I grew up in in the South, and and I like that. Uh, and and uh, so that that's been really nice. I wonder if there's a uh, like a contingent of LA transplants that are working in Atlanta. Yeah, no, there definitely are a lot of people in, in Atlanta. Um, I know that that is a concern that was voiced to me before we did it, was that there are a lot of people going that, that have moved and, um, you know, that, that may have its own ramifications. I honestly, it, it's too early for me to know one way or the other. Do you think in general that there's a stigma like, oh, he's L.A., he's Hollywood? Like, is there a stigma sometimes when you come into a, a new place, especially like that's not... California, you know, like, Hey, this guy is all Hollywood. I, I think that's possible. I, I think everyone has opinions of other places. I mean, I tend to go into to work and, and new situations with an open mind. Um, and I, I think if you go into a new job or new setting with an attitude that you come from someplace like LA and you're better than because of that, then that's never going to work out. But, you know, I try to approach the craft and, and the work uh, with in a spirit of, um, you know, community and humble respect for the craft. And uh, I, I think in general, people all over the place respect that. And I think that's how most of the people who got into this industry really feel about it. Right. I, I would agree with that. But I would, you know, sometimes people will put that prejudice out on you even before you have said something. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, and he's and so you haven't really experienced that necessarily firsthand that you're aware of. No, but it's I've I've been in a lot of situations where I've been brought in to shoot things and maybe there was another shooter in place beforehand and I'm going to work alongside them. And that's a situation that maybe I've been prepped that there was a little bit of tension. And I've always found if if you connect with people and say, hey, what are we trying to do? together and how do you want to go about doing it instead of saying hey man i'm the boss and you're gonna to listen to what i say 
uh, then generally you can get people on your side and you can work with them. And uh, I've been through some kind of sticky situations that way, but I feel like if your spirit is always in line with getting the best project and also including everyone in that process, uh, people tend to come around and, and want to work with you. Well, Hal, I wish you a lot of luck here in Atlanta. I know anytime I can hire you, I do. Love working with you. Likewise, buddy. I wish you and your family the best of luck here, and uh, thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Art. Hey, Twip. It's uh, one of your regular contributor, contributors, Lou Lita of Digital Video Consulting. Just listened to your uh, recent podcast uh, talking about uh, food and post-production dinners. Um, and it made me think of a story, uh, a little backstory. I have a very fast metabolism, so much like a machine, I need to have fuel to run. And uh, some of the producers I work with don't believe in lunch, so they like to sort of power through uh, the day where I need to be nourished. So anyways, um, yeah, we were in Cozumel, and it was very hot, and we were on a very demanding schedule, and it was very humid, we were running around shooting golf courses and uh, all kinds of uh, touristy type things. And I was running out of steam, sweating, feeling a little dehydrated, and sort of it indicated we'd need to take a break pretty soon. And kind of got the old, well, Lou needs lunch. I guess everything's got to come to a crashing halt. So the martyr that I am tried to keep grinding through. But at a certain point, I just got too overwhelmed and dehydrated and a little lightheaded and um, I think the producer and the client sort of realized that I wasn't going to make it so we didn't really have much uh, variety to choose from. I ended up being nourished with some Gatorade, some saltines and I believe a uh, ice cream bar. So that was uh, what got me through to the end of the day. Um, for that, I was grateful, but it's another reminder that we are human and we do need uh, nourishment to continue to do a good job, and uh, I'm not going to apologize for that. So, anyways, that's my two cents. I could go on and on and on and on about other uh, situations that were similar, but that one kind of stuck out. So, anyways, talk to you soon on the next podcast. Bye. That was a lot of fun. It would be even better if you could add something to the conversation. Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, A reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.